Welcome to Black Writer Therapy, a podcast where Black women writers are invited to sit on the proverbial couch, have a cup of tea, and share the stories behind the stories, and what it really takes to write books about Black women in an industry that still prefers white as the default. I'm your host, published author and unlicensed therapist, Alishine. Black Writer Therapy is now in session. Vanessa Riley is an award-winning author of Island Queen, a Good Morning America buzz pick and the forthcoming Queen of Exiles. Riley's historical novels showcase the hidden histories of black women and women of color, emphasizing strong sisterhoods and dazzling multicultural communities. Works encompass historical fiction, historical romance, and historical mystery. And now your host, Ella Sean, an historic women's fiction author, Vanessa Riley. Hi. Ms. Vanessa Riley, thank you so much for joining us here at Black Writer Therapy. Um, I am an unlicensed therapist, but you are on my proverbial couch. <laughs> I needed a lot of therapy. I wanted someone who could help me deal with all my Black writer issues. And I, you know, so I was like, I can't find it. So create it. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> So that's what I'm doing here. You guys are helping me deal with my Black writer issues. You just don't know it. <laughs> Not a problem. At the beginning of each uh, of my, my sessions, I ask all of my writers the same question. How are you healing today? How am I healing? Mm -hmm. I am healing because I'm accomplishing goals. So for me, I might be slightly a type A. We're on the couch, right? Oh, definitely. What's said here will only be heard by those who listen to the podcast. For those of us who may be slightly, you know, A's, there's lists. And when things get checked off lists, we get real excited. Um, so I get their lists that are that are that are almost done. I'm checking them off. And, um, you know, that is my healing. Um, taking the moment, looking at the list, saying, this is what I've accomplished. You know, uh, that makes me feel good. And it gives me that extra boom to keep going. Wow. Okay. I am not type A. I'm so far from type A, I may very well be type B. But I've also never looked at a list in that way as a way of healing. like this is what I'm accomplished. I look at lists as like time sucker, but like, that's a really nice perspective to, to have it say, I can go back and that's a healing. I've accomplished these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially when you feel like you've wasted time. I mean, I have, I have things on here, like, you know, maybe order groceries. I have, um, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately sometimes buying shoes. <laughs> Uh, in addition to you know but it's always for an event right break things bigger tasks down into little smaller tasks um and that you've accomplished it doesn't mean it's perfect it just means it's it's done you did something you have not been wasting your moments so yes don't waste your moments i love that don't waste your moments 
Okay, thank you for sharing that. And I will reconsider how I look at lists. And I think that would help a lot with being overwhelmed. Type Z people. Break it, break it down. And then once again, I'm good with just accomplishing one thing on the list. I just know I'm one step closer to my goal. I only have Black women writers on the show. And I'm not going to front. When I got the email from from tandem i was like i think they sent this to the wrong person no you are the right person i ran around my house screaming because i love your writing thank you i i do and i'm just getting into it because i've shared this with other black women i didn't even know black women were still writing after the 2000s and I know that's so crazy. And please just give me some grace. I was having children. But, but the thing is, you're not the only one. There is something oppressive or I can't even describe the word, but you're not the only one whose reading list stopped around 1990. Yeah. And there's nothing beyond that. And they, you know, uh, they're still looking at the title list Terry McMillan, I mean, wonderful author, but people have have been boosted up by her, and, and and there's legacies, and there's more and more stuff being written. But most people's reading lists stop right there. Yeah, it was about right right there, like ninety. Well, I I made it to the two thousand. I did because I you know I searched, but then I was like I started having kids, and I was like I don't have time to go digging, and and that is another reason for this podcasts and other podcasts that that are promoting black writers and i am like why 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 are we doing this why are we having to do this we always seem to have a little bit more to do i don't understand we always have a little bit more to do lisa williamson rosenberg calls it the almost effect almost there almost made it almost got to the point where you can just do the thing and it'll do what everybody else's thing does but not quite. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm making my way through catalogs and it's just like you confound me because you have, I'm so serious. Like you're like a math head. Okay. And let me be clear. I said math, not anything else. Just keep it clean. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the one that gets on Twitter. Yeah. She a math head. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Because I don't want anybody. Say, did you hear me? Vanessa? And she called her one too, right to her face. No, I didn't. Math head. I, I math head. We said this is therapy, right? So you would call somebody out, you know, on therapy. I would, which is why I would make a horrible therapist. <laughs> I would. If that's what you want to do, keep doing it. Just, you know, don't hurt your kids. But she said math head math for those boys and girls and for those who don't know i have a I have a phd in mechanical engineering have a master's in mechanical engineering and industrial engineering and engineering management got a bachelor's in mechanical engineering and i write historical fiction now how does that go that's what i i want to and then don't, don't just say you write historical fiction you live the historical fiction and then you write historical fiction beautifully magnificently 
So it's not just, oh, and I write like mediocre because of course you're not allowed to be mediocre in the first place. <laughs> and secondly, there's not a mediocre bone, I'm assuming, in your body. So how does that go? Like you're like STEM creative writing. Well, as, as we were talking before the, the, the podcast, there was the four quadrant kids. But do you remember the test that it was a circle? And where you uh, fell on the circle would tell you what quadrant, math, all those sort of things, whether you should go in engineering. I've taken that thing two or three times, and I was always dead center. Yeah. And they were like, this child is strange. Uh, but I had a, I was very good at writing. I was very good at mathematics. And my mom sat me down one day, and she was like, baby. You need to be always be able to pay your bills. Oh my gosh, I know this speech. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you know, I, she's like, and I didn't see the wisdom of it at the time, other than the, you know that paying the bills sounded real good. Because uh, we're a poor family, uh, growing up in South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, you're from South Carolina. Uh, so Aiken, South Carolina, and um, you know, looking at it, I love my education. Uh, the opportunities, uh, you know, I've, I've worked for NASA on special projects. I, uh, there's a, there's a model of Cadillac that I helped make the high pressure turbine pump quiet. So that quiet ride that some of y'all enjoying this girl right here. <laughs> That's you. You better thank Vanessa. Thank Vanessa. Right. But I remember I was writing a report on diecast manufacturing and they're like, Ooh, Vanessa, this is way too interesting. You turn it back a little bit. <laughs> so your gift always will make room for you. And uh, you know, I've 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 worked for startups, I've done the whole, you know, telecom path and inventing things that been light and et cetera. But I've always loved writing. And there was a point in my life where I had to sit down and do absolutely nothing. I hit a difficult pregnancy with my first, with my daughter. And uh, I had to sit down. You telling me to do nothing? <laughs> I cannot understand this concept. So my husband is walking on eggshells, pulls some of those uh, box from high school, and I see a story that I was writing. I was like, I know stuff. I, I can do this better. Right. <laughs> and I rewrote that and rewrote that and rewrote that, and it ended up being my very first book. Um, and for you know, for a long time, I had four jobs. I was an engineer during the day. I was wife when I came home. I was mommy. Uh, and then when everybody was in bed from 10 o'clock to 2 a.m., I was writing. Thank you so much for saying I had four jobs. Because I don't know that people acknowledge that mommying, I don't know if that's a word, but it, it should be. It should be a word. It's going to be a word today. Yes. Mommying and and wifing those are two full-time separate jobs they're not like oh a two four no those are two separate jobs and and then when working outside of the home full-time job and then if you're going to devote yourself to writing that is another job and so thank you so much for acknowledging that because i don't i don't even think women acknowledge that raising your child that's a job that is a full-time job. You just, I guess you get paid in colds and dirty clothes. Yes. Now, my favorite was, baby, I remember when you used to cook. Yeah, I remember that too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Me too. That, look, me too. That's what my kids tell me now. They're all older. Mother, don't you cook anymore? No. Why? Because y'all old enough now. You got hands. <laughs> all right. So you, it's that thing. People always want to say balance. There's no real balance. I don't even know why y'all, anybody trying to achieve balance. It, you just, everybody, a moment will claim itself. You're either day jobbing, wifing, momming, or you're working on your passion. That's and it. During those moments in time, that takes the lead. But it's no balance. No, no. And, and I think uh, that's the advice to throw out to anybody who wants a full life. Stop seeking balance because it doesn't exist. Just try to stay on your feet. That's it. Because balance isn't going to happen. So you're the science woman who writes beautiful, historic fiction. And it reads like, I feel like I'm reading people's diaries. Excellent. Excellent. I'm serious. Thank you. And I like, I, I'm, and I'm just in to the book. Okay. And that is not my normal because I love to get deep into the innards of a book with the author. So I'm just going to put it out here. I will be inviting you back. Excellent. Not like, because I know you're on like the whole, we got a tour with this new release, but when your life calms down, I will invite you back because I want to tear into this book with you. You're on notice. Thank you. But how is it that you're able to, to create such beautiful prose and not let like the right, this is the right, the right brain interfere? Um, I let the brains do what they need to do. So the engineering side <laughs> is always saying, well, how and why? Um, you know, like, I love to trace how people make money during these time periods, right? Because that explains mm -hmm. a lot of why people are working the way they're working, what they're wearing, uh, where they live, uh, the choices they make in faith. I mean, there's so many different aspects if you trace where the money is. Um, but wow. that's the engineering side, because, you know, I want to know, like, you know, how much does it actually cost? You know, how long does it actually take a horse in buggy or a horse in carriage or a horse in dray? to get from point A to point B. Uh, how would you get from point A to point B if there's no real roads? Like what, you know, these are right, right. different things. That's the engineering side. So that's why we go deep because I want you mm -hmm. to feel like you are there. And then the other side is, well, what does it feel like? Uh, like there, you'll get to oh. a point in this particular book where Queen Louise has come from a land where her husband, has built all of the things that last, like the things we talk about now in Haiti, the Citadel, the Palace mm -hmm. of San Sui. He built those, you know, and they're they're huge, but they're not like when you go to Europe and things are, you know, they were like 20 years old when she was, when she left or 10 years old. She's going to Europe where things are hundreds and hundreds of yes. years and tall and stately and preserved what does that feel like when you don't know if the things that you you and your husband have built will last another year 
because of right. the changes and the, uh, that are happening in, in Haiti. I want you to feel that. I want you mm -hmm. to feel that moment. So that's the other side coming in. And uh, I want you to feel transported. Uh, in my opinion, there aren't enough works that really talk about our heroes. Mm -hmm. You know, and our heroes don't have to be perfect. But they've done something that have advanced the cause. And Marie-Louise Covidad Christa is a gem that we should know. You know, I love Queen Charlotte, the, the Bridgerton series. I loved Queen Charlotte when I first started doing research on Queen Charlotte. But Queen mm -hmm. Charlotte um, reigned as white presenting. Yeah. Um, people made note of her mulatto features and, and de derided her accordingly in their paperwork and, and whatnot. But for the most part, she still had the panache and, and the presence of being a white presenting queen. Here's a woman that has the panache, the presence, but she is a black queen. There's no denying mm -hmm. it. There's no discarding that fact. And there's no discarding the intensity of everybody waiting for her to fail. Right. Watching and marking everywhere she went. Uh, what does that feel like? To be an example of black excellence and you know everyone's wanting you to fail. And the impact of that pressure on your daughters, who mm -hmm. you and her have now, you and your daughters have survived um, the downfall of the kingdom, uh, you know, lost family members because of the downfall of the kingdom. And now you're in Europe where now nobody looks like you. Right. What do you do? How do you move on? And I think mm -hmm. if you're put into these skins, of these people and you humanize them and you see the turmoils it helps you understand even though when they don't get it all the way right that they kept mm -hmm. moving forward and to me she is someone should be in our history books she shouldn't be that one sentence and wife was she should have her own chapter her own her own book yes and thank you so much for writing it because honestly i've never heard of this woman never heard of this woman and more importantly i had no idea that they had a kingdom i always thought that it was just like the republic that it revolution empire then republic yep so i had no idea that they had like this kingdom and that this you know king henry and oh yes i've read some about him and i just he seems like that guy who's, I'm going to put it all out there, you know, because I believe in what I'm doing. And also, I'm going to emulate the powers that are pressing me. Mm -hmm. I mean, if King Henry is a study, should be studied. Um, you know, it, from other historians will look at him and say he's a despot. And they'll say his riches were because, you know, he's moving the sugarcane from Haiti, selling it to the world. So money's coming in, this is going into Haiti's treasury, this is going in my pocket. Yeah, but you look at how all the other kings and queens got their loot is very similar or they just upped and killed people for it. Okay, so let, let's, or, let's, yeah, let's, 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 right. not, let's look at that. 
let's look at what he tried to do. I mean, mm -hmm. there was a point he instituted vaccination programs. Uh, he brought in uh, Prince Saunders, which was a leading education advocate black man from America to come run their schools. He mm -hmm. had people, you walk down the hallways and they're teaching English and French to little kids that have just now come from the plantations. Wow. And they're, because he understands for us to compete in the world, we've got to know what the world knows. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a battle and the book talks about the battle of becoming fully European versus the African heritage, which liberated you. And we're not talking right. like weeks ago or, 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 or years and years. This is like 10 year period. This, all these dynamic changes. Um, Henri or Henry is a war hero. He fought in the American Revolution. He fought in hmm. the uprisings. He becomes a general. He becomes the second in command under Jean-Jacques Dessalines, the future emperor. And when Jean-Jacques is assassinated, Henri, his second in command, steps in, but the country splits because, unfortunately, you know, you have the mulattoes um, are, have been resentful that the blacks are in the power. The mulattoes mm -hmm. felt they had more education. They should be the natural leaders. They just couldn't fight. The blacks <laughs> had the strategy because they held most to the African principles of warfare. And that mm -hmm. is the catalyst. They also, the Blacks understood that everybody needed to be in the fight. So they got the mulattoes together. They got the Tainos up in the mountains, mm -hmm. the uh, Blancs that stayed. Everybody was in the fight to push France out. Right. And now that France is allegedly gone, the 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 things that, that bound them together is no longer the force that keeps them together. And so now that right. natural tendencies of one set wanting to have more power than the other and being resentful is back in play. Mm -hmm. So Henri is, is, a, is, a, is a complex study. Um, he, I believe he had post-traumatic stress syndrome. Uh, the, the way that, that I've read of his downfall, to me, he, he was suffering from that. Um, and mm -hmm. Louise couldn't figure out how to get through to him until it was too late. I, I wanted to like just kind of skim through and and pick up some of of the um some of their relationship and i and now i don't remember the page but it was in one of his i think she'd gone to meet him somewhere and he was kind of oh are you spying on me do you have spies how do you always know where i am and then he's like everybody leaves she can stay and he's all erratic and and then it's like this heated passionate moment and she's just like I succumb to the passion and and I'm like okay um <laughs> and I and I hadn't like really kind of done any little research on him and I did a little bit right and I was just like well that's a very interesting relationship that they have that he he uses that part of their relationship as a ball, almost. It feels to me that that's mm -hmm. kind of his thing. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, not to give you spoilers, right? So they, when they met, she was 14. 
he had just come back from the American Revolution, so he won his freedom by fighting the American Revolution. Businessman, um, or started starting businesses, and he begins to work for her father. The chemistry, everything is automatic. They keep <laughs> them apart till she's like fifteen or sixteen, and then they're like, whatever, <laughs> and they get married. Uh, he adores her, um, but he is a powerful man mm-hmm. of his times. And so there's a point where in there's a there's a church. I, okay, I'm gonna spoil this part. There's a church that he has built on the palace property. And she goes in with him, and the Virgin Mary, because they're Catholic, it's not the Virgin Mary, it's her face. He has painted all of the 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 saints oh, as wow. her face. So you go from this the power and everything to him putting her literally on a pedestal uh, and trying to. I use a lot of things to show this sweeping, all powerful force that Henri is, right? And then how does that with your men, if your mental decline? And so it's like a whole bunches of things. And then as a wife who's trying to help, if this is going to keep you from going, you know, saving you, then, then I, I give you my body. I do what I need to do uh, to try and help you. Because she loves him and she's desperate to save him, but she does not. Wow. Yeah. Cause there's like, I'm like, wait, there's a little love story here. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that you put their love story in there because I think a lot of people just assume, oh, he's a king and this is a loveless marriage because it was probably done in the way of Europeans. And no, like that's not their kingdom. Mm-hmm. It is. And the juxtapositions, you kept doing that with all the newspaper. I was like, uh, British Kingdom, Haiti Kingdom. And I was like, oh, I love it. Why was that so important to you? One of the discoveries was that the Regency, when King George III uh, goes mad for that finalish time, is 1811, he dies in 1820. The Haitian Kingdom starts in 1811. When Henri dies, ends in 1820. It yeah. is a perfect match for the Regency. And we love our Regency. We ought to love this kingdom because the same things that are happening. Yeah. Two kings going mad. I mean, it's it's it's, it's oh my God. still there, right? Yeah. And to me, the, and to show, because, you know, like, when you're reading historical fiction, it's sometimes hard for people to figure out what's the fiction part mm-hmm. and what's the what's the actual true history. I want y'all to see the craziness. I wasn't making this up. <laughs> I want y'all to see this because it's lunatical. And the, the and to show you how they were covered, right? You, you know, yeah. we always talk about Harry and Meghan be, always being in the press. Look at this. <laughs> yes. Every yes. every time she goes to a country. She's here, and this is the number of attendants, and this mm-hmm. is how the press is covering her. So to me, it was extremely important to put those, to kind of frame you with what's going on, because I, I want y'all to understand the world we're living, they were living in. So you get yeah. a snapshot of the world they're living in, a snapshot of, of the politics that are going on, and and you are showing that the, the worlds are not separate. They're 
they are both going on at the same time. Yeah, because they are paralleling each other. And I was like, that is so clever. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was not a his fit girl. I wasn't. And I think probably five of the women that I have have had the pleasure of having on my show write historical fiction. And I'm just like eating it up, right? Because how do you center where you're where you are if you haven't kind of explored where others were before you? And I absolutely love I'm the his fit ho. That's what I am. <laughs> hey, that is something to ho. That's what I am. That is something to ho. I love it. That is something to ho. But intentional writing for me is the writing that heals. And you've already alluded to the, the media scrutiny that that Queen Louise and her daughters and her household um, had. And so do you think it was like they, they're focusing more on how she's moving through these cities as opposed to what she's doing in these cities, what she's accomplishing in the city? I think it's a little bit of both because they're okay. stunned, right? They're stunned that she's moving in these fashions. Uh, and then she's, mm -hmm. they're fascinated that she's moving in these fashions because why scrutinize? You could just, if you're going to say, okay, here's a former queen coming to Belgium. You don't have to tell me who's with her, what hotel they're right. checking into. <laughs> right, right, right. You don't have to tell me all that, right? And that she's going to be there a few days because she's waiting on the paperwork from the embassies Yada yada yada. That's way too much information. Right. Right. Like, there, it's 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 to me. There's a there's an astonishment. Indeed. She's moving throughout these countries with such level of freedom, and she's bringing her whole you know a company with her. It may because it's it it's very clear she has a staff with her plus her daughters. So all these notations are in these newspaper articles, and they don't have to put any of these if they were just if they just wanted to, to track where she was they could just say she's just she's entered in belgium blah, blah, blah. So they're putting specifics in there right because they're watching and they are astounded um i find that you know like uh, some of the, the events that she goes through they make sure to list madame christophe and her daughters go to x y and z so there's I would even say admiration that she is just like the rest of the exiles. Because, you know, there's a set of exiled kings and, you know, my, yeah. hey, my, my country tried to overthrow yours. Oh, well, we all buddies now because we're on the circuit. <laughs> so it's like there's a little level of admiration. So once again, that's why it was so important to put these actual newspaper clippings in the book so you guys can see what... I, if I'm putting you in her skin, I'm making you live her life. Look at what she's seeing in the newspaper. Now think about how she's feeling and, and how she, she has to be like, I don't know, my protective spidey senses would be ringing because everybody knows where I am every moment. Just say you had a crazy stalker. Right? Right, crazy stalker. I have this sick daughter. They know you were talking about know. And so I'm like, wait a minute now. That's important. Just you have this, um, like, Black people taking up white space. Talk about that. Yeah. Um, like I said, we, we all just fell in love with George and Charlotte 
Here's Bridgerton, right? Now, I don't know about y'all, about you, but I was into Bridgerton because when I liked the book. Um, but you know, Ray Jean Page, you know, he had my number. Oh my right? god! Go back to see yes. all of I them. was as soon I was like, I got to watch this just to see how. So you know, we're already there, right? <laughs> and it's okay. not as you all know, right. we it is. Is it? Is it that we want to be in white spaces or that we happen to be in spaces that are white? Uh, but I know all attention is on him and to see how he just, you just, he just owned the screen when he walks in. It's, it's a beautiful thing, right? Um, I don't think you would have had the same level of intensity if it had just been um, like uh, the guy, Jonathan, actually had applied for the one, the, the, the head brother would actually apply for it. I'd have watched, but I wouldn't have been as interested. <laughs> I think he did fabulous in the second season. But I know, I was there. Ray J was, I was there for Ray J. Okay? Yeah. Let's just get yes. clear on this. Um, yes. So there's something, there's a curiosity to see us excelling in these spaces. There mm -hmm. is, and, you know, I'm pretty sure as many people who wanted him to succeed in that role were also looking to point fingers and say, see, this yes. is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is why you can't invite them. To exactly. Tea. Exactly. So there is this thing that I want to, I want to particularly show you a woman living her life who happens to be Roy who is claiming her stage, that she's not going to sh be shy about it, who she is. She's not going to have her daughters be shy. They're, the kingdom did not end well, but they are not going to be hidden away because of the, of the failures of the kingdom. They're on this world stage. You're looking at her, and so she's going to make sure she succeeds and her daughters succeed. And so it's a thing, and I think... The scrutiny is because they're not white. You know, when you get that level mm -hmm. and moving about and that freedom, that's supposed to be a white thing. That is supposed right. to be a white X role. Like I told you, there's a whole circuit that's going on of the X role. So the king of formerly Westphalia, the king of Sweden, the ex king of X, X, X. They're just chilling. They got they they took their loot. They're right. chilling and going on these little holidays and having a little intrigue. And now Madame Christophe and her daughters join in and they're having intrigues and, and, and the same level of stuff. And they are stupefied that she's in there. But once she's in, they're cool with it. That was the other part that just blew my mind. They were cool with it. She just, she's just part of the landscape. She's just another one of us. Right, right. But that brings to question these white spaces. Are they white mm -hmm. spaces because people of color don't go so much into them because they have already determined that they are not meant for them? And that's why we have this idea or concept of, oh, that's a white space. When I began writing Regency, I used to get some crazy looks. So we're, you know, my first Regency was published in 2013. Got some of the craziest looks because one, people didn't know the history. 
Uh, two, they thought mm -hmm. this is a white space. And so our stories shouldn't look like this shouldn't be in there. And I'm about claiming our spaces. Um, and I'm not the first black woman to write a Regency. Usually I have the book sitting somewhere. I think I've, I've rearranged my shelves. Um, but the very first woman to write a Harlequin Regency was a black woman. She couldn't put a cover picture on the cover. And, and her people were all white in the book. Um, but that she was the first one to write it. So our draw to this is a natural thing. Um, and as now we are, people are uncovering more of the history, you'll see we always had a space there. So it's like, it's white because people don't know the history um, and haven't been able to envision ourselves. And now we have shows that help visions. We've got books that we help. But I want to show you through the actual history, we were always had a spot. And that's my point, that there are no white spaces. There cannot be white spaces without people of color. It's like there can be no light without darkness. So that is a thing that can't happen. So yes, and thank you for, uh, for showing us that and, and giving us like the historical context to, to say, no, this isn't just fiction. This woman did what she did. It's it, it's as sure she did it as Masa Musa did what he did. Don't worry about it. It happened. Promise. <laughs> right? Love that. So I ask, um, like outside of its its relevancy, I think if we're looking at the publishing industry, because I have to talk about that in kind of juxtaposition to white spaces. And if you had to see a real black writer there, if I were licensed and you came here, you said, what would send you? Do you remember what you said would send you to my couch? If I were like, for real, for real, a therapist, it's the white default. How everything always defaults to white. 27%. Any guesses what that number means? Is it the number of people in the US who listen to podcasts? Actually, that number is 24%, well, in 2017. That number has increased exponentially up to 64% in March of 2023. Podcasting continues to be on the rise. It is the place to be. Only 27% of podcasts are hosted by women. Only 27%. Are you as shocked as I was? Just think of all the voices we are missing. Is your voice one of those? Is there a topic you keep thinking about? A message you know needs to be shared? Guests you know you want to interview? Or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you know that you want to help others get to know you better and know what you do. Podcasting is the way to do it. This is why I founded Authentic Connections Network. A podcast network that is so much more than you'd imagine. We take the tech and stress out of podcasting. We give you the power of a network, the power of community, education around podcasting, of coaching, individualized supports, and all the other incredible women breaking through and changing the landscape of podcasting. Isn't it time you realize your dream? We believe strongly in our creators. We believe in Ella Shawn and in Black Writers Therapy. There are conversations that need to happen, stories that need to be told. Authentic Connection Network is the place for them. 
Follow us on Instagram at 37by27. Comment the word amplify on any of our posts or DM it if that feels better to you. I want to learn more about you and your goals and how maybe you could be part of Authentic Connections. Definitely. Um, you know, if if I say someone's a doctor, they're automatically white. If um, I say somebody has a nefarious past, it's the, you know, it's the first, you know, like, I don't know about you, but I do sometimes listen to news and I'm like, please don't let it, please don't. <laughs> so we all do this default because the way the media has portrayed things, the way our educational system has allowed things to happen. Thank you. Even the, the and Thank everything you. Yes, is, I do. is is plastered that way. There's no there's no separation. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they say the eleven o'clock hour is the most segregate, segregated time in America because there are churches that are predominantly white, there's churches that are predominantly black, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These defaults are something that's in our fabric. And I think we need to actively work to challenge those. And that's that goes to my story choices. You know, um, the enslavement story is an important story. But unless I can write how they saved themselves, how they saved the people, I'm not particularly interested in writing that story. It's still an important story. But I'm not going to try and bring you pain porn. I right. I want to show us uplifting, like because Queen Louise is another example. When I looked at modern day historians trying to tell her story, right, I hear the word sorrowful and woeful queen always interchanged with her name, and that bothered me. And when you just start going to see where she went to. I mean, how many of us can be truly sad at the beach? How many of us could be truly sad at a spa day in Germany, in, in Italy? Regardless of why we are there, yeah, you can't really be that upset when you're at the salt, the salt pond. You know, there's a, and so it's like, okay, I believe that, particularly for our people, there can be darkness, there can be shade, but there's always going to be light. We will find mm-hmm. a way to focus on that light to get us through to the next day, to the new mercies of the next morning. Um, and mm-hmm. people outside of our experience, maybe because they haven't had it as badly or they haven't mm-hmm. had their race objectified and enslaved like ours, they don't understand you got to find moments of joy to keep going. Right. We have right. had to find those moments to keep going. And we have. And she's a woman. And she lived an incredible life. And we need to know her. We need to honor her. And and so these defaults need to be tur- torn down. And so as one of on my mission, I want power. And I want to bring you guys every power woman I can find. And I will let mm-hmm. you know that she wasn't superhuman. She wasn't superwoman. She was a woman who right. knew she had to do something, and she did. That's it. She's a woman who made a choice. That's it. She was a woman who made a choice. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that you say you don't you try to avoid the sorrowful stories. 
Because our stories, yes, like everybody else's stories, there's going to be trauma. There's going to be blah, blah, blah. But you say, I'm, I'm not telling those stories. And I think that's commendable because so much of what comes out of like Black writing is the trauma story, and but not any of the healing and none of the, the, uh, the self-sufficiency even that comes after healing. Yes, we break mm -hmm. because that, that's fine. Breaking is fine. But I want to I want to read the buildup, and I want to read the story that shows how how they end up. So even though you're doing all the yeah, you know, you're not focusing on sorrowful stories. I know you've written some very difficult scenes. Yes, yes. Um, you know, with Island Queen, there is there is a moment where her where Dorothy Kerwin Thomas, who goes from enslavement to becoming one of the richest women in the Caribbean. She is molested by her older brother. It's a oh. it's a scene of violence. Um, and although I show you the violence leading up to, um, it's you ha you don't understand later on when she's free, and this violent perpetrator is at the table trying to prevent her from becoming free. That. You need the whole gravity of it to know how big her victory is. Um, and so I, I try to be very uh, specific and very careful. I, a scene has to have a purpose. Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've been in, in writer rooms and they're looking for the most emotion turning, sorrowful, uh, you know, get people's eyes just rolling. And to me, it's got to have a purpose. I, I want to protect right. my readers because I also write historical romance. I write historical mystery. I want my readers to know that I'm you're in safe hands. I'm going right. to be in, anything I show is 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 intentional. I will not dwell on the difficult moments, but I will put it enough so that you understand what is going on and why it is important to the the the, the it's the part of what causes the change. When people have said enough is enough, uh, when they figure out ways to rise up, so that's why I put it in. And and I just want to be very clear: the enslavement story is an important story. I'm not saying never write it. I'm just right. saying for me in mm -hmm. my house, I want to okay, write, write those moments, <laughs> those those I want to write those stories where it it's they overcame and they're doing things. And so their encouragement is beyond that horrific, horrible moment. It is a celebration of a life well lived. It is a celebration right. of achievement, of rising above and beyond. Mm -hmm. I love that. So do you have a difficult scene in this book and the Queen of Exile? Er, it, that was really hard for you to write. There are a couple. Um, she is a mother first, um, and she has a daughter who has a lifelong debilitating illness. Uh, you never know when that child's day is going to be the last one. So there's moments that had to be written because it's part of the story. Um, you know, we've, we already talked about difficulties with Henri. Um, You know, it's a person on 
a, a manic swing. Uh, it can get difficult. And, mm-hmm. and so there are moments, but I choose very carefully and I try and limit the amount of the pain. Um, I put enough for the, so it's purposeful so that you can really mm-hmm. understand the difficulties this, this woman overcame and the difficult situation her family was put in. But I don't glorify it. Um, when you leave a Vanessa Riley book, you're not going to be talking about the painful moments. You're going to be talking about right. the overcoming. Um, I think that is the distinction. For okay, I like that. I want you. I want to hear you read because I love your voice. <laughs> I want to hear you read, but not the difficult scenes. Uh-huh. I just I want you to read whatever you want to read. Okay. And set us up. Okay. You got my little book out. I'll read along with you. All right. This is very early. In the cover. Is it? Uh, in the book. No, in the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Page one. Um, More tossed silks flopping to the ground like ghosts. More bruising of my knuckles slapping along the bottom of an empty trunk. More punishing fear rocking and shredding my insides. My maid grabbed my wrist and pulled me to the burgundy tapestry, the covering used to warm the cold floor. It's stolen, Marine. Wet streaks drizzled down Zephyrine's brown cheeks to the front of her white bib apron. Prim and pressed and resolute in her service to me, my friend awaited orders from her sovereign. I'm not that anymore. I'm no longer queen. Flat and pulsing, wanting to grab onto something real, I stilled my hand. I'm just Madame Christophe, nothing more. My fingers sank deeper into the softness of the woven silk, the colorful Indian rug. I could picture the care and labor it had cost to produce this treasure upon a loom. But I had to clutch to claw at something, something I could fight. It's not here. Zephyrine sniffled, then gulped a breath. We've checked and checked. The necklaces, the bracelets, and the pins are gone. She was right. We had nothing. Nothing to sell to pay for food or these fancy lodgings. No rings, no pearls, not even my favorite emerald pieces. Yellow satin bag with all the valuables that the man I loved, my king, had given me had disappeared. Turning from her, I wanted to pretend nothing had happened, but I'd lived through so many things I wanted to wish away. Couldn't this merely be another nightmare, we? Exile to Europe was to be salvation, renewal. I wanted to pray, but God wouldn't hear an angry woman. I can actually say I read that one. There you go. And I was like, what a way to start off this woman exiled. <laughs> yep. Can you imagine just freaking out? I mean, oh man, England, you're in like fancy hotel. You know that and broke and nothing. You have nothing. That scene for me. That scene was actually later on in the book, um, and we pulled it forward because it's the heart of everything. So that scene. Tell me why that was an important scene. 
for you. She just, they had just gotten on the, the boat called the Missionary and had made it from Haiti to England, coming up the Thames. And uh, the hotel, the Osborne Hotel, is right there on the Thames. So you can always look out the window and, and see where you came, how you got here. And she's in this expensive hotel that dignitaries stayed at. And she's got no money to pay for it. None. Uh, everything mm -hmm. that she thought she was going to use is gone. And there's they have no place to go. Because it's not even like you could just like run out in the middle of the night. There's no place to go. So you have to figure this out. Um, and this is the point. Remember, this is back in the days. They had debtor's prison. Yes. If you can't pay your bills, you don't run up some bills. Uh, you go. You have a chance of going to jail. And, right. Right. You know, in Haiti, everyone that went to jail that was a political prisoner ended up hung or dead or executed like within yes. days. Yes. <laughs> so if you can't pay your bills, so all of this me is in her mind, and it it brings you back to why her regaining her status um and and simply just moving forward is such a big deal and there's nothing that that just capitalizes that's a perfect setup for the rest of her story and yes that's that's a little writing tip there a little writing tip bring the stakes and make them extremely high immediately yeah yeah there's there's no need to lead in it's it's you are either with her or you're not and I think I think all of us can feel that uh, being in a, in a place that a strange place. What well, our plan that we had is now completely mm -hmm. off the table, and we got to figure out how do I move to the next day? How do I make it to the next right? Day? In a world where shadows dance and secrets lurk, comes an unforgettable saga of broken souls, written by. Alishan. Get ready to embark on a gripping journey through time, a dark southern coming-of-age saga that spans over 30 years. Nothing is as it seems. With every turn of the page, secrets unravel, revealing a web of intrigue that will leave you breathless. Breaking is the easy part. Having the courage to look into the mirror of your souls Allowing yourself to be consecrated, to rise harmoniously in alignment with self and the universe, that's the hard part. Join John and Vivian on this unforgettable journey where shattered souls rise, courage is tested, and destinies are forged. The Broken Souls series by Ella Shawn a gripping four-book masterpiece that will keep you captivated till the very end. Don't miss your chance to experience this compelling tale of love, loss, and redemption. Purchase your copy now and be prepared to have your soul shattered. Because sometimes the darkest paths lead to the brightest light. Right. All the stakes. Very, very good. I love that, man. I I don't know, because I've been at like the grocery store and forgotten my my wallet in the car. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God.
I like I'm so embarrassed. I don't know what to do. Because it's that level of embarrassment, right? Yes. Because like you're in the grocery store and I live on the side of town where, you know, and so you're in the grocery store and they're looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, look what she's trying to do. Huh? <laughs> look to be in this fresh market. Mm-hmm. And, and and there were articles that said, um, or even letters that I read during this time frame that they said, "Don't worry about them; they're not going to be a burden. They they're coming with their own means." So the 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 catalyst is already there. They have already painted the picture that to expect. They already yes, they're already like, be a burden. Oh, they were She's coming. Need your help, blah 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 blah. I'm gonna. I'm going to like pivot. Okay. I'm trying to pull this up real quick. Your bibliography. Which side of the brain did that girl? Which side of the brain does the bibliographies? Oh, uh, that, that was definitely your right side. Cause I was like, what? <laughs> what? 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 So I'm looking, I- I'm looking, I'm just going to hold this up. That's, that's one page. Yeah. 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 Two, three. Two and a half. I'll give you two, two and a third. I said this reads like yes. like this girl, reads like a dissertation. Like you put that if you just annotated it, maybe. I was like, what? System of the Warrior is ridiculous. Um, that even has French translations. And Island Queen is similar because I realize that I'm breaking ground by bringing these women that you never heard of that should literally be in our history books. Um, and to solve the question very early on, when I, when, I, uh, when I actually started writing Regency romances, I would get these horrible reviews of people saying, that would never happen. And I was complaining one day, uh, whining, and um, Beverly Jenkins said, put a, put, a, put a note at the back of the book. Explain to them. And if that doesn't satisfy them, then you don't need to worry about them. Ever. So even in my romances, they're not to this length, but you know, I put notes of where you can find stuff, yada yada yada, or where the genesis of this story comes from. But for the historical fictions, I was like, look, yes. if you want to question my research here, you go do all this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Cause it's it's like at this point, I don't even want to play with y'all. Uh I want y'all just to understand. It is. We are breaking too many stereotypes of that white default that I want you just don't even put that in your head. Go in here knowing this is going to be a well-researched, very good story and just start there. Now, if you want to read the you want to read the, the dissertation at the back first to put you in the mood, go for it. I mean, it's deep. Go for it. But here, right here. Right. Don't, I'm going to put you on a path. And so that, that's just a standard. Hmm? Because it's too serious. I think this stuff is too serious, right? So tell me more about your research. Because I think that research is like the most important part of writing. I I really do. So, and okay, English teacher. So there we go. Tell me about your research because it seems to be exhaustive. I love research. But I feel like you went further. I feel like you went further than than this bibliography I is did. showing. Um, you know, it's just I let's just do this way. I put to use that French the the years of French I took in high school. 
uh, a lot. Um, I will go to first sources. I will translate what's necessary because I want to bring you the best story possible. And so in my head, all the questions mm -hmm. need to be answered as best as I, as I can. And so to understand their politics, to understand, because I, I, put, I do it in first person. The level of intimacy of, of understanding of this individual that I'm bringing to the page that I want you to feel, because I want you to be Queen Louise when, when you're reading her. Um, and so whatever it takes and the um, part of my process of just graduating was always a date. I'm a data queen, a data analysis kind of girl. And so there's not a, a way to, I can't find it. If it exists, if it exists, I can find it, locate it. Uh, I love libraries. They are, they are like secret weapons. Um, but you know, if it, there, I, I like, come at me, come, come, if you can, you can't, you can't. <laughs> no, 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 because the engineer's over here, right? The engineer's right here. Come at because me. It's, 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 it's solid. And, be, and once again, I want to earn my reader's trust that look, I am, I will tell you when I have fudged the lines, I will tell you that. But I will tell you the basis of this history is true, and here is everything. Right. So that way you can enjoy the story right. as well as, you know, those who don't choose to believe what their lying eyes tell them. So there, there's a there's a couple favorites in there about particularly Prince Puckler, right? And people don't want to believe their <laughs> lying eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But why is because it so hard to believe? There's a going back to the the thread of sorrowful, and there's no way on this level that they would be accepted. Oh, they were accepted. Well, there's no way there would be rom. Oh, there was romance. Oh, there was no. <laughs> then something wasn't gonna happen for them. <laughs> no, they were they were who they were. Yeah. So, I got from uh from some sources. Uh, you immerse yourself in research. You did the books, academic newspapers, visiting places in Europe for the firsthand experience of seeing where Queen Louise lived. Okay. Now, I have like 35 questions yes. behind them. Yes. But I'm not yes. going to uh. ask all of them. But how did the experience of seeing, mm -hmm. like walking where she made, you know, where she walked, how did that experience of seeing how and where Queen Louise lived and what wasn't then, but what we call now the intersection of Black womanhood in this very kind of anti-Black womanhood space, right? Um, how was that, how did it inform, affect mm -hmm. all of it with the writing, your writing for this? Going to Italy, because that's where she spent the bulk of her time, was amazing. In Pisa, I saw the church she built. Um, she, it just, you felt it. You felt this feeling of accomplishment, of pride. Um, and once again, the differences, because coming from Haiti into this world where things are hundreds and hundreds of years old, mm -hmm. that difference. Um, the, the, Hastings, the, the house on Hastings, which is on this gorgeous, 
hill, you see the sea. To know that she woke up every morning and that she would have her breakfast looking right. out that window and remembering right. when she she and her husband first married, their house was right there um, in La Cap, right very close to the sea. She could see the sea from her window then. Mm-hmm. So you, you could you could feel it. You could when you're walking there, they had the original pine floors, so you could you could kind of wow. move and walk. I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. And I wanted that, their tidbits. Although there, there was a time where my editor, uh, Rachel, she was hilarious. She was like, now I know you went to the Vatican, but we don't need a play-by-play tour. I was like, oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> you, you were like, I'm like, if you can't go, all you have to do is read this part. You know? That's like, what you wanted. She, you wanted to you know, she saw paint that. it all in the book. Okay, okay. Maybe I was a little, little, but I. It's that was she went to the Vatican. Another one where she's Catholic, so the the Mm -hmm. the Pope, the leader of her faith, she meets with the Pope. These moments of this woman, who's not supposed to be in these spaces, right? It's amazing, Um, and I had to capture it and whatnot. So I do lots and lots of research. I have an exhaustive timeline from 1750s to 1830s. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm always adding to it, layering it to it. But you got to know the politics of the world. The world was smaller. Mm-hmm. You knew what was happening. You knew about the wars. You knew about embargoes because it more than likely affected you, the goods you were able to have and seize. That whole being able to leave Haiti when you've been imprisoned in exile for about a year and a half, they right. killed off your your male family members, uh, and you you and your daughters are lucky to get to go. Just just that whole concept. You needed to feel it. You needed to lit, walk in her shoes. And in that moment where she's standing on the she's getting out of the boat, she's standing on the da- the docks of the of the Thames River, the Thames River. I mean, just you know, you gotta feel it, and so. I try and bring the the best moments to you, those momental movements, and just walking there and just hearing the sounds. Even though it's, mm-hmm. you know there's hundreds of years difference between her her story, and my being there, but you could still feel it. You could feel it in the air. Yes, it was just amazing time. And so thinking about that, juxtaposing her story of, of intersectional Black womanhood in this time when it wasn't even recognized, right? Like like that (laughs) right and so now um bringing it forward where that's just a normal like conversation piece right intersectionality and so how does your intersectionality black woman highly educated like no because that's like important right because you are highly educated and from one of the most difficult schools to get into. Like, I, I think they're more difficult than most of the Ivy, like Stanford. But I whisper, Stanford too, she grace. And so you have yes. matriculated into mm-hmm. all of these. You're not supposed to be here, Vanessa Riley from Aiken, South Carolina. I know, I, I actually, when I was at Penn State for my undergrad, someone actually literally asked me, do I take the same test? So, I mean, the, the, the foolery that you only think about exists, still sort of exists. It's it's still there. Um, 
And so you, whenever I write, you get all of my experiences in some form or fashion mm -hmm. because everybody's now settled into working for the working for the benefit uh, of the story. So the math, the math side is is calculating those ages, calculating you know years and span of time from this happening to that that you know just all of the little mm -hmm. mechanics and and once again traveling throughout that society, thinking of the hows and the whys. How would they do something? Why would they do something? That engineering right. is, is there. Um, and then the, the being a mom, being a military wife, um, you know, all these different aspects, um, they come together. The, the struggles yeah. your, your, your daughter may be having. All of these things come mm -hmm. together and they, they inform the narrative as much as the actual clinical history of the time frame. And you said that this is a cathartic book for you. It was cathartic to write this book. Now, I could see a million different ways why, and I haven't even gotten through the book yet, and yet I can see why it would be cathartic to write. I mean, the research alone, in all honesty, would be cathartic, I, I think. But I want to hear from you where what was so cathartic about it this was one of those times where i had begun to believe the narrative mm. the sorrowful narrative right the beautiful mm. narrative um and the more i uncovered the more that narrative did not make sense right. you know one said that they showed up in england and they had no money they are putting blue plaques at all the places she she leased or rented or owned in England, one of those is in May is is in May May Mayfair, one of the most expensive districts. Mm -hmm. It's always been very expensive, exclusive. The other one, as I told you, on that house in Hastings. Yeah. Now I am to believe the kindness <laughs> of the white people during that era is going to take the Haitian queen that's been deposed and put her in these fabulous spaces, dress her well, and give her money so she could travel through Europe. I'm supposed to believe this? Or am I going to believe that she figured things out, had her own means, and took care of her business? And this is another one where I, some people may call me a genius. I don't think I'm a genius, but I'll accept the praise. I know there's something called the newspaper archives. <laughs> Put in her name, and you see, boom, 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 and you're trying to tell me that she was obscure, non-entity, and there are all these receipts, and and basically a a welfare, yes, a welfare case. Uh, all these receipts, the math ain't mathing, and all right, and and exactly, and so to write it and to be able to show her in her fullness. To, to give honor to the daughters, uh, even to Henri for his mm. vision of what he was trying to do. That was cathartic because, you know, um, black women don't fare well sometimes in these, black men don't fare well. And even mm -hmm. though he is a victim, in my opinion, of post-traumatic stress, he tried to do some things. That had never been done. That had never been done. And to me, that's another question of the what ifs. What yeah. if they had been able to succeed? Yeah. What would Haiti look like today? Um, 
Uh, that's for the spec fiction writer. Mm -hmm. That yeah, what would Haiti look like if they? Oh, so is it that you know, crafting the story? That to me is so cathartic of not only changing my mind because of the facts on the ground, but I think when people read it and they see the possibilities, they will be amazed. Well, I'll tell you, I spoke with uh, Mickey, Mickey uh, Marinci. She just had the Island Queen come out. And uh, she said it always surprises her that people think the whole of Haiti is little children sitting in the mud, eating mud cakes and soiled pampers. She's like, that is not the whole or even the most. But, and, and it just, it's so weird because going back to the media, they show you what they want you to see. And then if you never go look for yourself, then you'll always believe exactly what they're saying. Exactly. 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 And so, yeah, the evidence is often right there in your face, but nobody bothers because we all accept the narrative. Oh yeah, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. That's how it is. So to me. Anytime you can find the find the proof, find the find the things that make you step mm -hmm. out of this narrative, that make you challenge what you've learned, that's cathartic. Yeah. Um, and then to give honor to this woman who should be one of our heroes. And so the healing that's comes from healing the. I'm going to put this in my in my words healing the wound that was left when she was left out of everything. The wound you didn't even know you, you, you had. That's the thing, right? Until you watch a television show like a Bridgerton and you see all of this. Mm -hmm. And you and start you, to say, is this real? Did this happen? Is this real? Did it happen? And there's like a hunger for it. Because it's one of those things in our existence, you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to admit that you want the pretty dresses and the ball gowns. And you want it to be there. You wanted to be there. You wanted the party. Yes. You wanted the jewels. You wanted the crown. You wanted to be a part of the time. You wanted it. Yeah. You wanted the outer displays of your queenhood. Yes. You wanted it. You just never bothered to admit it until we watched television or until we read a story. Hmm. And now I'm like, we have our own right here. Right here. And we've been ignoring it for years. Wow. I think that would be healing for your readers. So healing. So. Again, that part that we didn't know, like, I was never good enough. I'm always inferior. I'm this and I'm that. Insecurity. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, you don't have to be. We had our queen. And she represented us well. She did us good. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's and pretty she awesome. She's amazing. She grew into becoming a queen. So she wasn't just legacy born, boom, from day right. one. She grew into She being said, a queen. and I, I was this quote on page 259, and I, I loved it. She was talking to her daughter, who was relaying something that she had heard um, one of the Americans say. And so she was getting ready to use the N-word. Mm. And and, and her mom's like, you know, the, the big mama slap, right? And and she <laughs> says to her, and I'm all the way down here in the middle of the page, you are a princess, but I'm your queen. 
I demand this, the daughter, a queen with no country, whether exiled or on a throne, I am a queen because of Pierre who's dead, not just because of him. I was crowned. I accepted the possibility of ruling in his stead, being a regent like Prince George until Victor could leave. I was made a queen. I carry myself with respect. I demand you respect yourself too. And I was like, yes, mom, because yes. there it is right there. I don't need anyone to, to validate the fact that I'm a queen. I was made a queen, ergo, I am a queen. Mm -hmm. I and again I'm skimming which means that I'm so mad that I didn't have time to go deep into this book okay. and girl you're gonna love why that you're gonna love why that the build up for that that's See, that's no, gonna be don't do this to me you coming back Vanessa just go speak <laughs> out like I put a day back. put a day on the calendar and be like this is for the couch this is for the couch because like I know there's like way way too much um I usually go into the audacity of black women in the publishing industry you're like a powerhouse like you know that though right um come on we don't have time to be humble hashtag no time to be humble i am i'm on a path i'm on a path i'm on a mission um but i need everybody buying these books that's it all comes down to buying these books because i think mm -hmm. these books are very well researched i think they're delivered in the manner that they need to be delivered in look that's what i said i when i pulled this out and i was like oh i have to put this on on my instagram because i got book mail and when i tell you i like i squeaked i think i squeaked because my daughter looked at me like that look 17 year old mm -hmm. but this cover is everything mm -hmm. did you have any input tanya ingle is a black woman, young black woman out of Michigan. She's an artist. She's done all three of my covers. So Island Queen, Sister Mother Warrior, and okay. this one, Queen of Exiles. It, she's phenomenal. She gets it and just, it's just such beautiful work. Yeah, so I, I help them with, I send them photos, uh, particularly clothes, because please get the clothes right. Please, 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 please. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> it matters. I'd wear this right now. I really would put this on right mm -hmm. now. It's kind of hot. She, it looks she, like I, an oil I, painting. I don't know what she does, but um, select bookstores. So if you go to my website, select bookstores are actually giving away eight by tens. For I saw that and I reposted it because that is so cute. Yes, but they're really beautiful. I'm telling you, this looks like oil. Yes. My daughter paints with oil and this looks like she did an oil painting because it's so much depth and layering to everything beautiful it's so beautiful so you're in this publishing industry and tell me your experience um because i'm this is like book maybe 24 25 there's a point where you lost count and i'm too lazy to go back and figure out exactly what the number is but we're somewhere like somewhere between 23 and 25. i have seen the industry change from the very beginning where I write my stories and they're like, oh, we love her voice. Does she have anything else? Oh, this is great. We don't know how to market it. Uh, <laughs> to, okay, we'll try it. And, and whatnot. So my six, no, it's 
seventeenth book was the first one that ever made it into stores single title. Wait, what? Yeah, my seventeenth book, which is a Duke, the Lady and the Baby, which came out in twenty twenty, was my first ever single title in the store. And of course, I couldn't see it because the bookstores shut down, so I wouldn't see it for like three, four months. But twenty twenty to where we are now in twenty twenty three. Yes. Because once they, once the gatekeeping opened and they looked at the merit of the stories, so we're getting star reviews, we're getting write-ups in the New York Times, they're seeing that these are well-researched, high-caliber stories made for today to help relate the past to the present. The doors are open now. But it's now, it's still back to readers. Readers gotta, gotta get these books. They've they got to do their part. Have to do the part and and support because as long as that's you know as, as we our sales are growing, our sales are doing what they need to do. I'm you know I want to be I want to be on the New York Times. I want to have that ability to make sure that the books get the spotlights they need because it's not it's not just me. It's these these women for watering the roots. This is why we're here, because some woman did something important uh, who's been mm -hmm. ignored all this time. And it took a, an engineer who shouldn't be over here. <laughs> she can go anywhere she wants. She can go anywhere she wants to go. Jumping into the writing space. She jumped into the writing space and writing these little books. Um, we just need, I, I think these are powerful stories that need to be told and retold. Yeah. Um, and it only happens through That's it. I've said this time and time again. If writers, like Black women writers, we put it on the paper, and if we're really doing the job, right, doing the service, and not following the trend, but doing the work, then it is an elevation of all of us, I think, is how it... Mm -hmm. If one of us wins, all of us wins, because instead of saying... Because it was so funny. Uh, we go back to twenty. Duke, the lady, and the baby. So we had the first uh, uh, Regency mainstream publisher, black female heroine, not the best friend, not the spunky best friend in the book, as an heiress, as right. an heiress with money, right? And then it's coming out in the middle of the pandemic. I'm like, see, I'm gonna be the example. We tried with Vanessa, and now blah blah blah. So when any one of us wins mm -hmm. and gets out there, that just keeps the doors yeah. keeps the doors open. So let's keep the doors open. Support Black women writers everywhere. What they're writing because you're keeping the doors open when you do that. Right, right. So advice for aspiring Black women writers who are, I don't know, just into their writing career and they're at the point where they're like, I'm. I have the thing, I have the book, it's been edited a million times, I'm ready to query, like that writer. Well, then they should be querying, and they should already start working on the next book. Because sometimes you get in the syndrome where you're so invested in the first book, you forget that you got to keep the pipeline going. Right. Um, and, you know, just because they reject the book is not a rejection of you. I've had right. both. So I know the difference. 
It's the book, honey. It's the book. Um, going. <laughs> I write every day, uh, even if it's just a hundred words, because you're. It's a memory. It's your it's muscle memory. You're making muscle yeah. memory happen. And if you build it in your muscle memory, then things, in my opinion, the writer's block and all these sorts of things, because your mind knows it's important. And every time you yeah. don't do it, you're telling your body and your mind it's not really that important. You're building yeah. in the resistance so that that day when you have to get there, you got to get through all that. So my thing is every day, even if it's just 100 words, get it. Okay. And the last thing is your story is important. You may tell it differently than somebody else. You may tell it with twists and turns and somebody else may just go straight through. Mm -hmm. It's your story. It is important. It needs to be put out there. Um, it needs to be told. And you need to work on your craft to get it the tip-top shape it can possibly be so that you can put out these stories that are amazing, that stuns people, right. that gets them talking about you in the streets. Okay. And your number one craft tip? Number one craft tip is keep reading because yeah. you gotta read. You gotta read other people's books mm. and, and things like that so that you can just get keep getting better and invest in you. Take the class uh, if it's gonna yeah. give you a different perspective on something. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of trying. Prior to pandemic, it's been harder because of pandemic. It's making sure I go to an academic class, something every year. Working, you know, looking at issues of, of something, uh, emotion, dialogue, whatever it is, just to make sure I stay sharp mm -hmm. and I keep improving. Yeah, that's it. I think that's really important. I, I, it comes down to self-care for me. And I put my, like, learning, taking classes, finding retreats, all these things that I'm doing for writing, but also self-care. Exactly. It's important. Okay. Read and educate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to have these little takeaways uh, for for writers who aren't where you are, but they definitely want to be. Um, Just remember, I wasn't where I wasn't where I am when I started where when I wanted to be. It's a process. Exactly. Exactly. And up until 2020, you didn't even have a, a single book, right? A single title book. In in store, I was I I was killing the e world girl, killing the e world, <laughs> but not in stores. In the stores, and that's unbelievable to me. I had um I had a um I had a group project that ended up um being um, published, so it was actually in the stores. But that was the first time, and that was twenty fifteen ish, twenty twenty six twenty sixteen or something. I don't know somewhere somewhere in twenty sixteen twenty seventeen, but the first single title wow. actually in stores. As a Duke's lady and a baby. I didn't get to see it for three months. But that little book, that little that was a pandemic book, girl. That book has now been trust translated into Romanian, French, um, Portuguese, maybe Russian. Wow. The pandemic book. It's <laughs> Super, super duper hit. So I was like, thank God. <laughs> you are funny. You really are. Now that doesn't make sense either. You are a conundrum. <laughs> I'm so serious. I mean, come on, you work with engineers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, they earn, and they earned that reputation. And this is, I am not, no, but they earned that reputation, girl. They earned that reputation. Stereotyping. I am not stereotyping. No, it's that, remember, we talked about this. I know. I know. You remind me so much of my daughter. It's Well, then she's a wonderful child. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's going to do wonderful things. Yeah. That is the truth. And and that I know for sure. Um, so definitely. Yeah. She's in good company. Um, is there anything else you want to tell the listening audience? Anything about your tours where they can go, go to my website, follow me on Instagram, Vanessa Riley author. Um, my website is Vanessa Riley.com. That's the mothership that gets updated more than anything. Um, okay. sign up for my newsletters. Um, you know, uh, I usually get a good recipe for something. Uh, <laughs> really? Look, I was about to ask you, so what are you putting in your newsletters? Yeah, sometimes you get a recipe, you get some behind the scenes. So you'll usually get early, um, early tour information. Uh, we've got a, we've got mm -hmm. a good one. So we're going everywhere from to Columbus to... I'm going to Minnesota this weekend. But see, I don't actually remember until I look at the schedule. So y'all need to look at the schedule. Right. Don't ask me because I'm going to tell you the wrong And <laughs> You show up yeah. to the closest one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and there's probably Aiken, South Carolina, Books a Million on the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Come on down. We got, I got, we got, we got special things going to happen because that's my hometown, girl. When? Come on down. Come on now, bring, bring your, bring your posse, bring your posse. Come on, I want to pack out Aiken, South Carolina. <laughs> you know what? Get them. I might come see you, Miss Vanessa. It's six, six o'clock, six thirty. So I'm like, but don't, don't ask me. I just know it's the thirteenth. I'm so serious. And bring yeah. my book so you can sign it. Yes. Oh my god. Like literally, I'm in Columbia, so this is not a big long ride. I guess that's. At the end of our session, I think it's a, I feel better, Doc. Thank you. Do you? I am so glad that I was here for you and that I could listen and and be a sounding board. Thank you. Thank you. That sounds really professional, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to play the role up a little bit more. I have to give you some homework. Okay. I just can't have a session without homework. Okay. Oh my gosh, this can't be the end. You didn't play the game. You almost got away without playing the game. Oh. <laughs> no, ma'am. We're going to do this game. And then I'll give you your homework. Okay. I never end the show without the game. Okay. You know the game. Not really. Tell the whole story. I'm going to give you a word. Okay. And you're going to give me a quick personal anecdotal story. And it can be about whatever. Okay. You know, but quick and my quick and me are like two separate words, right? You know, just I know, but I'm just I'm I'm it's like give me the centimeter version. I'll try. I'll try. Okay. Okay. So yes, quick anecdotal story um about whatever. But you have to end your story with either hashtag bookish, hashtag writer's life, or hashtag Writing while black. Ooh. Hashtag bush, bookish. We go. I think we'll go with that one. So I, as you can see, I haven't given you the word. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to. Yes, you. I have thought to that was the word. hashtags was the word. My bad. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I give you a word, but you have to end your anecdotal story with one of those. 
Okay. Um, scariest. Scariest? I'm into old movies. And so there's this thing called The Longest Yard. Yes. And the scene where uh, they, 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 they're going to kill this guy, they set, it, they set a bomb up on his toilet or whatnot, and they triggered it by having this little light that you pull down. Uh-huh. It's like a little string yes. light, you know, like a little bead of light. Yes. And so when he turned it on, it did start, and they closed the door on him, so he burned to death in the longest yard. Kate, that to me, this was the scariest thing I ever saw as a kid because we had that same kind of light <laughs> in our bathroom. So for the longest time, I would never turn on the light in the bathroom because I would always think about the chain thing. Oh my God. Yes. But I see now, because sometimes I'm going to use that little chain <laughs> thing in something as it's part of my future writer's life because the, that's, a, that's a horror. The most horrible things aren't really horror. Right. It's the what you imagine the horror could yes. be. And so that is part of bookish uh, author life, uh, hashtag author life, because you just, you think about your whole childhood traumas and you bring them forward. Yeah. Just in a new way. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Timid. Ooh, timid. Another word that means. <laughs> I, timid. I, um. <laughs> When you go places, you know, as, as writer, your writer's life, you're always going to conferences. I wear bright colors. I decided to break out of the timid uh, box because, you know, you can go, I can go one zero very quickly. Um, and there's no in between. There's no point five. <laughs> but if I dress like I'm supposed to be talking to people, I will talk to people. So that's part of my writer's mm-hmm. life to to not be timid because you you are I mean it's you know you're either on or you're in a corner someplace exactly exactly um that's good tip wear bright colors that's a good tip thank mm-hmm. you thank you okay um your next word is othered othered yes I know that's a weird one. But it's in that kind of social kind. I was othered. You're othered. Okay. Othered. Othered is something that, uh, you know, as whenever you write stuff that no one else has been writing, you get othered all the time. So that's actually one of the most. That's the most concise thing you've said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when die. you're writing, Do you, what, no? you don't live with it. That's not your problem. Right. Yeah. So you get yeah. other that's not that is never your problem. That is there, and there's nothing you can do, but be you, mm-hmm. because you can't explain it away. Uh, you can't, you know, uh, get angry. You'll be angry all the time. It's just what they do. That's not your people's. You know, sometimes they will later on they they may become your people, but that ain't your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're an author. You need to write. You need to focus on that. And the people who othering it's immaterial. Very good. You're coming with the gems. You are coming with the gems. Um, your next word is ritzy. Ritzy? Yes, I know. That's a weird word. Oh, I love ritzy. Ritzy <laughs> is, okay. I'm also slide into bougie, right? 
So when I book a hotel from now on, they always gonna have a restaurant in the hotel. Hmm. I that's 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 the thing. If they don't have a restaurant in the hotel, it's an issue. Now I got tricked once <laughs> in um I think it was in Orlando because they had a um they had a quote unquote restaurant, but it was like a motel on a property and the you had to walk here and the doors had and I was like um I, I just need my money back yes I, I'm, I'm going to a Marriott <laughs> yes that happened to me in May we were at Mount we were in Massachusetts my daughter graduated from Mount Holyoke and I thought yeah it's highest honors so proud of her but uh we I said, oh, this looks nice. You know, you're on the, and then we got there and I was like, oh no, I, yeah. we could die here. It's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. 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 So, if you, the life is too short. If you just, the spidey sense start tingling, be your bougie yourself. Get yourself always. someplace rich seat and get up out of there because this is not for you. It ain't worth it. Be it your bougie yourself it. and get yourself someplace rich seat. There you go. With the gems, your last word, and it's not really a word as much as it's yuck and yum. Give me a yuck and then give me a yum. Um, shredded coconut, yuck. Oh. Fresh coconut, yum. Yum. Total difference. Total, total, total different thing. Did you grow up with the bag of blue? The the blue no, bag wanted, with the coconut? Yes. Yes. With the shredded coconut? Yeah. And then you it's, had your first, like, like, like... I don't know what they do. They add something to it, like paper. That's not coconut. No. And then you have your first fresh chunk of coconut meat right out. And it's like, oh, wait, what was I eating? What was... Yes. I, uh, I went to Jamaica last year and the guy climbed a tree and got us coconuts and then hacked them open with machetes. It's so good. The water, everything. Yes. Yes. Yum. Yuck, yum. So uh, your your yum needs to be ritzy. A ritzy yum. Oh, my, my yum was the, my, yeah, my yum was, was the, the fresh, coconut. Yeah. Fresh coconut. Exactly. Yes. yes, and that can be ritzy. That's a ritzy thing. of the paper versus the yum. <laughs> right, right. Very good. Man, it's been so awesome. I was a little like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm going to have to talk to you. So it's my pleasure. But you are so pleasant. And I do, I'm going to uh, tell the husband we're coming to Aiken um, on the 13th. So then I get to meet you in person because that would be really cool. Love it. Yes, and congratulations, really, on the release of your book, um, Queen of Exile. It's yes. beautiful. You're beautiful. Thank you. Like, amazing. I wish all, I don't wish anything, because that's from a place of deficit. I know that all of your desires is going to keep happening. You're going to keep rolling on. So I'll keep sending you Karuna and keep Thank reading you. your book, get through your, well, I know. 25 books? Yeah. Okay. Take your I time. said get through your, look, get through your catalog, but I have, you know, anyway. 
Yeah, I'll keep reading. I'll keep reading. Thank you so much for for joining us here, and I will uh, see you either see you on the thirteenth. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this session of Black Writer Therapy. Be sure to follow and leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And keep the conversations going on Instagram using our hashtag Black Writer Therapy. I'm your host and unlicensed therapist, Alishan, reminding you to be kindest to yourself first, always, and in all ways. See you guys next week. Bye.